Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. There's so many other really cool experiences within Disney that you don't have to go way above and beyond. So you don't have to do a character breakfast every single day. You don't have to go out to dinner like a really nice dinner every single day. Quick service is a fantastic option. I'm Delia Cologne, and this is the season nine premiere of The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. If your knowledge of the food options at Disney World starts with Mickey waffles and ends with Mickey ice cream bars, then get ready to expand your small world. A trip to Disney World will set you back upwards of $100 per person per day. And that's before you've eaten a single bite. But with some expert knowledge, you can eat like a king or perhaps a Disney princess and still have money left over for a pair of souvenir mouse ears. Today, we're chatting with Christy Rada and Danae Allison. They're two of the co-hosts of the Happiest Plate on Earth podcast. How cute of a title is that? Christy is a Disney file and Danae works as a chef at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. In this conversation, the ladies offer tips for saving time, money, and sanity as you eat your way through the theme parks. They'll also share which Disney dining experiences are worth the splurge, and they'll offer advice for guests with allergies or other special dietary needs. Christy speaks first. The podcast began because we realized that oftentimes people are interested in Disney food, but they don't know any more about it. You know, there was this kind of image of Disney only being hamburgers and hot dogs and French fries. And after we had taken our trip down there, we realized it was so much more and really felt almost obligated in a way to let people know how much more is there and just what goes into all of the dining at Disney World. I love that. So Danae, tell me a little bit about how the podcast got started and what the episodes are like for folks who, after they're finishing listening to this episode of The Zest, might want to hop over and listen to Happiest Plate. It started because of Christy. I mean, yes, we both had this idea of wanting to do it, I am not generally a take lead kind of person. Christy 100% is. And so Christy one day just came and asked him, was like, hey, what do you think about like for real doing this? Like not just an idea anymore. Let's let's actually do it. And I remember our very first episode, I was so nervous. And it's funny because now I am very different than when we first started. I can have full conversations with people without feeling like I'm going to throw up. I can talk to random people and carry a full conversation. So it's just been really cool to experience that. But yeah, Christy definitely was like, yeah, let's do this. So we did it. And so each episode is kind of, it's different. So Some weeks we talk about just food news that's going on within Disney World and sometimes Disneyland. A lot of the time we stick with Disney World, but you know, Disneyland is not that far. And it's, I feel like for more people, there's the ability to get there versus like Tokyo and all the other places. And so we'll talk about food news. Some weeks there's actual things that we do. So when it comes to a $40 challenge or a $100 challenge and things like that, 
going to different parks or going to uh, Disney Springs and how for a family of four, how can you only spend $100? So we make it fun. There's some weeks where it's extra fun. And then there's some weeks where it's just, hey, this is the information we're giving you about a resort. Christy, she mentioned saving money for a family of four. I have a family of four. And that has to be one of the number one questions you get is how to save money. So if my family were to go, myself, my husband, our 11-year-old and 7-year-old, what guidance would you give us to not just completely break the bank? Yeah, it is. It is one of the top questions that we get. And, you know, with Disney, you can do it all ways. And that is one of the things that we really like about Disney is that you have the opportunity to be frugal and to still have a fantastic time, or you have an opportunity to just blow your budget and have a fantastic time as well. (laughs) But some of the biggest things are, I don't know if a lot of people are aware is that Disney does let you bring food into the parks. So you are not obligated to only eat from what they have there, you know, and that is a great way to save money. If you drive, certainly to bring it with you, but they also have grocery services that will deliver to your resort. So have breakfast and things like that and snacks, bring those with you into the park because when you're waiting in line and your kids get hangry, you need to have something. And so it's great just to have something in your backpack. One of the other things we suggest is utilize gift cards. If you are a member of Sam's Club or if you have a Target red card, you can buy Disney gift cards at a discount. And that is a huge help. Every little bit helps. You can even use them to pay for your trip to Disney, pay for your resort. And uh, so that's something that we really encourage people to do. And the great thing now is that you can use your gift card to pay, whether you're at the counter or by using the mobile order. That's something I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, but you can actually scan the back of your Disney gift card and it will just use that as your form of payment. So that's a fantastic way to save money. And a lot of it is just be educated about what you're looking for and where you're looking to eat. All of the menus are online, even with their quick service. So just take some time prior to heading down there just to see where you think would be the best fit for your family. You you certainly don't want to go to a restaurant that's too adventurous, especially if your kids are like, no, thank you. So really, and that's a great way to just utilize Disney's website and to just listen to our podcast. I mean, that's another fantastic (laughs) way to do it. (laughs) But yeah, there are definitely some creative ways to save money when you're dining at Disney. I think a lot of what Christy is saying is 100% like, please, please do those things. But also realize you don't have to do all of it. I know a lot of families that'll go and think, oh, well, we have to do a character breakfast and we have to do a signature and we have to get lunch and we have to, but you don't have to. There, There's so many other really cool experiences within Disney that you don't have to go way above and beyond. So you don't have to do a character breakfast every single day. You don't have to go out to dinner like a really nice dinner every single day. Quick service is a fantastic option. Some of those more moderate restaurants are great options. So just realize that yes, it is a really special trip for some families where it's maybe the only time they're ever gonna get to go, but don't feel so obligated to participate in all that thinking you're gonna miss out on something. What are some of those quick service options that are more affordable? So really good ones that are affordable is like Santuli Canteen. So that is in Pandora and Animal Kingdom. Large portions, but also really, really good food. So ordering, you know, you can get the adult version of it. And if you have two younger kids, split that amongst them. But even for families, if you aren't 
going to eat a whole lot because it's hot outside and you just need a little bit of something, but you want real food, get the kids options. They don't, Disney doesn't tell you, you can't get a kid option. So if you're like, yeah, I'll just take a little bowl of this. That would be the perfect opportunity. Go for it. Even like Pecos Bills, their portions are very large and it's very easily split. The tacos, I think, come with three. I think they also come with nachos sometimes. So you get some chips on the side and you split that amongst two people. You're great. You're doing a great job and you're getting really good food for it. Very smart. Okay, Christy, we talked about saving money The other concern is saving time and just overall sanity. When you go to a place (laughs) like that, it's like you're, you're at the starting line of a marathon. So do you have any tips? You talked a little bit about mobile ordering, but are there any other tips or tricks to save time or sanity or get that reservation that seems impossible? Yeah, so Disney has changed recently within the past year. You used to be able to book your dining 180 days prior to checking in, and that has changed to 60 days. And it has its pros and its cons. I like having the 60-day because 180, it almost was like you had to plan your whole day around dining, whereas I think with the 60, you might have a little bit more flexibility. So well before that 60 days, start to look at what those restaurants are. What would interest you? Do you want to be adventurous this time? Look at some of those menus and then just have a game plan. And really, if you're going to be there for that full week, write down, you know, when, of course, especially if it's going to be in a particular park, write down what restaurant you would like to eat at, especially if it's a table service and are going to take those reservations. And then when that dining window becomes open, search for those hard to get ones. And a lot of people will know which ones are hard to get. Some of the character breakfasts and character meals are always going to go first. Some of those uh, table service that are maybe uh, the signatures, those will go first. And you just prioritize. You don't have to start with the first day that you're there. Just look at which one is going to go the fastest and then work around that. And the other thing would be, like we said, with mobile order, you can mobile order as soon as you get into the park for lunch or dinner. The great thing about the app now is, is that when you open it up, it'll ask you to select a a time window. And so you can go ahead and do that with your family as soon as you get in the park. And then you've already got it taken care of and that it'll send you a little reminder. Hey, it's 12 o'clock. Your mobile order window is about to open. And then you head over there. So it's great as a parent. You know, you've looked at it with your kids. Maybe you're riding the bus to go over there. And they're like, okay, well, I think I want the hot dog today. Or I think I want the, the corn dog nuggets. You already placed that order. And, you know, lunch or dinner is already taken off the table. You don't even have to stress about it any longer. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then you've got a a backpack full of goldfish and cheese sticks to hide you over in the meantime. That's so true. Yep. Okay, Danae, that was, we talked about saving time, saving money. Now let's talk about some high end. We had a few questions from social media. We have one from Lauren Jackson, who's the food editor at Sarasota Magazine. And then we have one from Andrew Lucas, who is the editor of this podcast. Thanks, Andrew. But they're both asking questions around what's worth it. So Lauren asks, is Victoria and Albert's worth it? Andrew asks, what Epcot options are worth the wait? So where should we be budgeting the time and the dollars that we hope yeah. we have saved? Yeah, so I will speak on Epcot and let Christy do VNAs because she has actually been there. But Epcot, so I to me, if there's a festival going on, do the festival. 
it is worth every bit of your time and your strategic planning of walking around the park and seeing what there is. It's really cool because you do get to experience all forms of food, all different cuisines and things like that. And it's all small plates that are shareable. There are very few of them that are not shareable. I think Mexico usually is a little bit of a smaller portion, but like if you go to Brazil, it's easily shareable by three people. Like you, it doesn't even need to be two. Not that I want to share the cheese bread, but the pork that they always have there, it is very much shareable. So I always prioritize festivals, but when there's no festivals going on, there are some really great restaurants that you can go to in Epcot. In the Japan Pavilion, uh, I, Christy and I recently went to Teppanito and it was fantastic. It was a really cool experience. We got in on like a whim. We just happened to be walking around and we we're like, yeah, you know what? We don't have dinner plans. There's not really a whole lot going on. We had already done the festival. So we we're like, you know, yeah, we'll go. And it was great. I know lots of people love La Cellier. You get to experience this kind of dungeness looking. It almost looks like a wine cellar. It's just really cool and a cool experience. So I think in Epcot, you can get every experience that you could ever want. I know people love Space 220. People love that restaurant. I still have not been able to experience it, but it's such a cool and unique experience. So for Epcot, you have so, so many options in one singular park. None of them are bad options. They are all excellent options. You just choose based off of your budget what you really are wanting at that point in time. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. did say that you are a chef at Disney. Can you say where and what should we order when we come to you? (laughs) I can say where. So I work at uh, Fort Wilderness. So that is the campground and resort that is next to Wilderness Lodge. Lots of people get them mixed up, but we are right next to each other. So campground wise, if you get the opportunity to go to Hoopty Doo Review, that is an excellent show, but also it's all you care to eat and all you care to drink. So for people that are looking to get a bang for their buck. Yes, it's a little pricey, but it's all you care to eat. So all the fried chicken you want, all the ribs that you want, all the mac and cheese, everything you could ever imagine. But if you don't want to do hoopty doo, so Crockett's Tavern is a new lounge that we just opened in July. It is really cool. A lot of people still don't really know that it's there. They just stumble upon it, which is fun to watch guests be like, oh, I didn't even know this dining option was here. There's just such cool things on the menu. We have a new blueberry barbecue that we've been promoting a lot. People are very shocked that they love it because it seems a little odd. You think it's going to be super sweet, but it's not. It's this perfect barbecue sauce with a little bit of spice to it. So Crockett's Tavern is fantastic. The Moonshine Flight is so good. And then we do seasonal cocktails as well. Wow, I wouldn't have thought of any of this. And I know, Christy, you were saying people think it's just hot dogs and hamburgers and you feel obligated to spread the Disney food gospel. So what are some other (laughs) 
unexpected foods that you've tried that were more magical than we could ever imagine? Well, I will have to say one of the places that is always a must do when I travel with my husband down to Walt Disney World is to go (laughs) over to Animal Kingdom Lodge and to eat at Sanaa. And they have a fantastic menu. And this is a great place to test your palate, to just be a little bit adventurous. The food that they have there is phenomenal. And I know that if you are a Disney foodie, you have often heard about the bread service that they have at Sanaa. And it is phenomenal. And so that comes with four different types of non bread, and they actually make the non bread in house, they actually have an enormous tandoori oven in the back. And you can actually bear witness to some of the chefs who have served there, because you will (laughs) see on their arm are some pretty decent scars from where they are throwing the dough in and reaching back in and pulling it up. And so it is phenomenal. The dipping sauces that they have are great. Plus, they have um, a great way to take a journey through uh, Africa with the type of meal that they have. And actually one of the meals is called the journey where you get to pick a protein. And my favorite is the butter chicken. It's served with this fantastic basmati rice, And then you get a vegetable on the side and they have some wonderful selections that are very flavorful. I don't want people to think that it's going to be spicy. For me, what Sanaa offers is flavor. And that is a a fantastic way to try all of those. The desserts are phenomenal as well. Plus, if you are there during the day, you can look out the window and actually see some of the animals that they have on the savanna at Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is really cool. That is a treat. Oh, that does sound good. Danae, are there any other magical dining experiences that people may not be aware of? Yeah, so I think that Toledo has become probably one of my favorite places, but also Three Bridges, which is on the same property, is also one of my favorites. So if you go to Coronado Springs, they have those two dining options that are a little bit more elevated, but still you don't feel like, oh, I need to get super dressed up. I need to not have my little ones with me for it. It is just a really special dining experience. Toledo offers tons of different things, but it's more like a Spanish tapas type of deal. There's smaller plates of items. They have a tomato spread, I guess we could call it, that is literally just these concassade tomatoes that have been marinated in olive oil and garlic and some seasonings, and you just spread it on your bread. And it, you think it's so simple, but to eat it, like you just are like, man, I didn't know that tomatoes could taste this good just on some bread. <laughs> and they have, a, I do know they they recently have been doing a 4-2 meal. And so usually it's some kind of steak option. Sometimes there's a seafood option as an add-on for it. But everything that they have is just excellent. I think I've eaten there twice in all the time that it has been opened. And I've never had a bad meal. The drinks are phenomenal. And you can even just go up there and decide, you know what, I'll go to the Barcelona Lounge and sit out on the balcony, get some little accompaniments with my drinks, and watch the fireworks from that view. It's just the atmosphere, the food, the every, everything about Toledo is fantastic. <laughs> oh, just to sit there with a drink and watch the fireworks. Like, what a perfect yeah. ending to a perfect day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Man, and Christy, a lot of people do plan the perfect day at Disney, whether it's their wedding, rehearsal dinner, family reunion. Do you have any suggestions for large group gatherings? 
We do. One of the great things about Disney is that they will do some amazing things to accommodate you and large parties. Now, with that, you do have to call in, and it's a very easy process to call in and talk to someone specifically for Disney Dining. And I believe that it is 407-WDW-DINE, D-I-N-E. And you can explain to them, but if you are going down there for your wedding, you will have a coordinator who will help you with all of that. But great places to have it. Any of the restaurants over on the monorail loop. So you can go Grand Californian. Saw the top of the contemporary. Fantastic views from the fireworks. They have actually a three-course plating now. Then you can move over. They have, especially over at the Polynesian, great place to have something like that. You can even do it out on the beach to watch the fireworks. And that is cool. And they also, you know, depending upon the size of your group, they have a fireworks cruise and they will have light Mm -hmm. appetizers and things like that. You can rent a yacht to go out there and watch the fireworks as well. So that is, talk about a memorable evening. You can do that. And then, of course, over at the Grand Floridian, they have great signature dining. They have the most there, of course. So they have Citrico's, they have Narcoosies, and they also have Victorian Alberts. If you have the budget and you want to take your rehearsal dinner to Victorian (laughs) Alberts, that could be something you would want to do. But fantastic places. And you can, of course, watch the fireworks from Narcoosies. And then you can move over to Crescent Lake, which is over on Epcot. And you can do something over at the Yacht Club, or you can have something over at boardwalk which is great because then after your party's over you have this fantastic venue to walk around and to visit and to see some of the sites that are over on crescent lake and visit some of those resorts so great places fantastic oh these all sound amazing and i had no idea about the cruise okay christy we've mentioned victoria and alberts a couple times (laughs) what's the big deal what is so special about victoria and alberts Well, for Disney, Victorian Alberts is the top of the top. Uh, They have had the triple A, they have a five diamond standing, and they've had it for several years. So it's basically our equivalent to having, say, a Michelin star would be with your triple A. They're working towards that. They missed the cutoff for the qualification for Michelin star this past year, but we'll probably look to that next year. Hopefully we'll see what they do. Now, what the big deal is that it is, if you are someone who reads Bon Appetit, if you're someone who reads, you know, Anthony Bourdain's book or or books by Eric Repair, this is a place that you might want to consider dining at. I dined several, no, probably three years ago, and this was prior to a major price increase. So as of right now, to dine, and it is about a 10-course chef's degustation menu, And basically, that's going to take you on a journey of the chefs, what they feel is most important with the flavors of the season that right now, or maybe a personal journey that they want to take you on through food. Right now, it is $295. And then it's an additional $155 if you want to pair it with wine. I don't know. And this is personal. We know how everybody feels about opinions. But (laughs) I think right now for me, The price does not equal, from what I have read recently, the food that you're going to get. Uh, That is just a lot of money. Uh, And I have heard that people 
been a little disappointed. Now, when I went, it was much more what you would want, you know, air quotes, <laughs> economical, it was 185 a person. Now, for me, I felt that that value was there because it wasn't just about the food. And it's still not just about the food. It's about that experience, uh, the type of dining that you're going to get, you know, you're going to have two cast members who are with you throughout the whole meal. Each one of those servers is a sommelier which is wonderful. And they're going to explain to you the type of uh, wine that they would recommend. So that in and of itself is an education and was for me. But I felt like with that added service, that level of service that you get made that whole experience wonderful. If someone wanted to take me and pay for my meal, <laughs> I would go in a heartbeat. <laughs> Ring me. But just for my... Right. <laughs> But just for my personal budget right now, I don't know if I see the value there. I don't want to deter anybody, but I just want to let you know that that's what it is. You know, it's over a $100 increase. So, And I know that things have changed. We have seen Disney's dining increase, you know, a few dollars here, 50 cents there. But that is significant. So really think about it. Is it going to be worth that time? And also <laughs> make sure the person you're dining with is somebody you want to spend time with. <laughs> it's a long yeah, maybe not, a, a, maybe not a first date. Maybe right. not a first date when you're <laughs> assessing the relationship, but maybe a special anniversary. And I do know yeah. a lot of couples who go there without kids just because the dining yeah. is so amazing. And then the yes. wine program, we had uh, Judith Smeltzer of... Orlando Wine Blog on the podcast a few years ago talking about Disney's incredible wine program. And I do want to thank Mike and Jen from Michigan for sending in the questions about magical dining experiences and rehearsal dinners. They were actually standing in line for the Buzz Lightyear ride when they submitted That's their great. questions to us. So we appreciate <laughs> that. Okay, Danae, before we let you go, I have to talk about special dining needs, whether it's allergies or Donna Rivera Kalala asked about vegan and vegetarian options. We yeah. know from Christy that it's not just hot dogs and hamburgers, but <laughs> how can Disney accommodate some of these special diets? Yeah. Disney in, I would say the last five to six years, maybe have tremendously changed the way that they look at all of these things. Special dietary needs, but also allergies in general. Obviously, we have so many more people with either allergies or these dietary needs, and Disney does an excellent job of making sure that we can accommodate any of the guests that have any of these things. There's multiple ways that you can do it. So you can walk up to a register and go to order your food and you can say, hey, I have an allergy. They will give you an allergy menu, or if you're doing mobile order, the allergy menu is already on the mobile order. You always scroll to the very bottom of mobile order, and you will see all the things that you can have based off of your allergy. The only downside to mobile order with allergies is you can't do multiple allergies in one. So if you have multiple allergies, you do still have to go and talk to somebody. So there are designated trained cast members, which are generally like leadership Sometimes you'll have some coordinators that you can see are overseeing people that are designated for that. So they can answer some of those questions. If you say, hey, I have a gluten and an egg allergy, what are some things that I can have? A lot of the time they will come to ask you, can you have eggs that are baked? Because we have a lot of guests that say, if it's baked, I'm okay. If it's not, I can't have it. It's something about the raw part of an egg that causes an allergic reaction. If none of those things work and maybe you have some very complicated dietary needs or just allergies in general, there's actually a specialist line that you can either call or email. I believe that it is easier for you to email though, because then they give you a form. You can fill that form out 
and it's 14 days prior to your visit. The form then gets submitted with all of your information. Somebody will give you a call and they will talk to you through everything. The form will actually have every dining place that you will be visiting throughout your entire stay. That form then gets sent to those restaurants and to those chefs so we can be prepared for guests when they walk into the building. And we can say, hey, Johnson family, we already have your allergies ready. These are the things we have to offer you. Which ones would you like based off of your allergies? It is honestly the best thing ever. For us, it's great because it makes it so I can be prepared for somebody when they walk in the building. I'm not scrambling seeing if we have something in-house or if we don't, if we need to go run somewhere and grab it. Honestly, I'm so glad that Disney has finally jumped on board with this because it's just, I think it's important to a lot of people because it gives them a full, well-rounded experience so they don't feel left out because they have dietary needs. Oh, that's great. And just to have the whole list ready to go when you arrive, that's just one less thing you have to worry about. Well, before I let the two of you go, I know you've pretty much eaten your way around Disney, it sounds like, but what are you looking forward to? Maybe a restaurant that's updating its menu or something that hasn't opened yet. What are you looking forward to eating? When we go to Disney, we're very intentional about trying a place that we haven't eaten. I mean, there are over 200 restaurants. And so I know that there's actually what's called a golden spoon. And people are trying to achieve that where you eat at all of the Disney World restaurants. We're nowhere close to that, even though we are there frequently. (laughs) I mean, Danae's there every day. So we do try to make a point. All right, well, this time, I promise we're going to go here. One of the places that I want to try again I have been, but they've recently done a revamp of their menu and also a light refurbishment is Narcoosie's. I had a wonderful meal there. So I'm hoping that the menu that they have put out, it looks fantastic. I would like to try that again. Well, thank you so much for all your great tips. Are there any final uh, pieces of advice that you wanted to share? Take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Let your kids take naps in the resorts, but also yourself. Don't push it. We, Christy and I have been advocates for this for such a long time. When you're bringing little kids, they need sleep just as much as you need sleep. Trying to power through a day with your kids is more miserable than just going back to the resort and allowing them to actually get some sleep and then come back into the park later. You can always come back later in the day. You don't have to power through from seven in the morning till midnight. That That's just silly. So take that two hour nap and enjoy it. Where were you seven years ago when I could have used that advice with my daughter? Who's <laughs> <laughs> <was> now 11. <laughs> well, now you know. <laughs> now we know. Thank you both. This was so much fun. And I, I can't wait to see what you eat next. Absolutely. Thank you for having us on here. We're very excited for the opportunity. That was Christy Rada and Danae Allison from the Happiest Plate on Earth podcast. Be sure to give it a follow in your podcast app. And if you haven't already done so, obviously follow The Zest so you'll never miss an episode. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas and Alexandria Ebron. The Zest is the production of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2024. Part of the NPR Network.